Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Herbal Active, Herbal Active CBD. You can find it at their website, herbalactive.com, U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V. When you're there, be sure to uh, put in the code TRAPDRAW20. It'll get you 20% off your purchase. And uh, we thank them for the sponsorship. And now on to today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. I am live at the Tournament of Champions, the LPGA season opening event of 2020. Uh, my guest today is Annie Park. Annie, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm very good. Uh, we were just saying, I, so I got to play in the Pro-Am with you uh, a couple months ago at the yep. Tour Championship, and I was mm-hmm. like, I feel like that was last week, and it was... I know, I feel like I just saw you. <laughs> it was two months ago. I was like, I'm sorry you have to I see me know. again so soon. And it feels like it was a quick turnaround, just because uh, my off-season, I've never traveled this much before. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just hopping on planes week after week. Um, I was in... Vegas, Miami, Aruba, Chicago, New York, (laughs) and then it's Diamond now, so... Yeah, was this uh, traveling for pleasure? Were you practicing, Um, seeing, you know, seeing coaches? What? So, most of them were for vacation. Okay, good. Um, And then just family trips, friend trips, went to Chicago just for the day, Um, and then went to New York, back to my hometown, um, spent some time with family for Christmas, and then got to spend New Year's in Florida. So got to chill out just after um, all that traveling, but it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Had you ever been to Vegas before? I have. I love Vegas. Do you like to gamble? I don't. I actually don't gamble. Um, I just like to like spend time with, like I have some friends over there, just get to meet them. I love the food. Okay. Huge foodie, so um, ate some really good food out there. Um, definitely gained some weight after that trip, <laughs> but it was fun. Do you see any shows out there too? I know that's I did. I did. Um, so in a while, like I haven't, the last show I watched was the O show when I was like seven. Um, but I got to watch Ka, which was really okay. cool. Um, and then I watched this other show and I forgot the name of it. And it was crazy because um, we got my sister to get on the stage <laughs> Really? So we got to embarrass her a little bit. Did she? So what did she have to fun. do when she was on the stage? Um, she got a lap dance. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty cool. Nice. Got that all on video, which was fun. Well, good, good. You can. I'm sure that will uh, spring up from time to time when yeah. uh, when you need to blackmail her. Yeah, I know. But yeah, we got to we got to see some really cool stunts. Um, it gave me some anxiety after that. Yeah. But um, it's just crazy how like some. Um, some of the stuff that they do, which is so crazy. And um, yeah, I was like, I don't think I could do this again. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you mentioned, uh, obviously, uh, New York is still home for you. That's where, mm-hmm. you're, that's where you're based. 
Are you, we're we're talking about the off season. Are you the type who kind of puts the clubs away or what, what's, Mm -hmm. what's, uh, what did this off season look like for you in terms of practicing? Because I'm obviously New York in the winter time. It's, it's not the most Um, easy place to to get out and play. So um, what's fun was I didn't bring my golf clubs. I like to just not touch my clubs for a while just because you do end up getting burnt out during season. So um, just went up and we did this pre-Christmas um, game with my family. So it was my sisters, my brother-in-law, and we went to Five Iron Golf, which was my first time going out there. It was so so much fun. Um, and we just played like a little game where the loser has to take shots. So I just saw them get drunk. <laughs> and I was just chilling like, yeah, you guys are going to have to do better. <laughs> yeah, But yeah. it was so much fun. Um, so we're going to make that as a tradition every year. And then um, just got to spend time with my baby niece. We have this, like, love-hate relationship where um, she does not like me. But then, like, she tries to get my attention. So it's really cute. She's, like, um, playing with those, like, plastic golf clubs. So it's really funny. But um, it's really good to go back home, just spend time with family. Um, I definitely don't play golf because it's just too cold. Yeah. But, like, when I go back, like, in the spring, the summer, I do play golf with, like, some of my friends. Yeah. Sure. Well, it sounds like a good opportunity to recharge the batteries and and get ready. Uh, I, I'm just some people may not be overly familiar with your golf game and and your career, and obviously we'll get into that. But I'm curious, in your own words, how would you describe yourself as a golfer? What what are your strengths? Uh, you know, yeah. what are your relative weaknesses? So uh, my strength was always my long game, my approach shots. Um, I was always a good ball striker, and then um, after I flared up my back, it wasn't really my strength anymore, and so um, I switched to the long putter about two years ago, and that's another story, but... Well, um, I want to I get into that later, <laughs> but I, I don't want to jump ahead that far. Yeah, um, and so ever since like changing to the long putter, I it kind of became my strength, which was kind of bizarre for me, because it was never what, it never was. Um, I wasn't hitting my like my uh, shots very well last year and so my short game has been pretty good I was leading in putting stats in a couple of some of the tournaments um so I don't know what my strings are kind of <laughs> they're kind of mixed around well I think that's that's the sign of a of a good player is when you can take what was maybe your weakness and, mm-hmm. and turn it into your strength um, anything specific you're working on at the start of this year as we, we head into the new 2020 season? Yeah, um, for sure. I've been working on my swing. Um, I was actually looking at some of my college swing videos. I was, I would say that was one of my heydays with my, my golf swing. So, um, I'm actually trying to just incorporate a little bit of that, my old swing versus like some new swing and, I've um, been hitting it a lot better, gained some distance, um, been working out, trying to keep up. <laughs> yeah. H- had your swing changed pretty dramatically or was it so, mostly subtle stuff from college? It was kind of dramatic just because um, after my back flare up, I didn't want to flare it up again. And some of my swing was, was probably maybe the issue. So going from that swing change, I was not used to my new swing. Um, and it It's been like two years roughly that I couldn't get used to it and just realized that, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Like it's just, it's just not for my body. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to do some of my stuff where I'm not going to flare up my back, but also incorporating some of the 
heydays where I was hitting it really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I promise we're going we're gonna to get into that. But before we do, I want to go back to junior golf. And I'm curious, I, I'd love to hear from you how you got into golf and mm-hmm. kind of what some of your earliest memories of, of the game were. Uh, so I started when I was around eight. Uh, okay. My mom got me started. I had a crazy middle school schedule. <laughs> I would wake up, go to school, um, go to practice. I also did some Korean traditional like instrument dance. Okay. Um, so I was actually juggling between golf and that. And I would come home around 10, like 9.30, 10. And that was just the whole schedule all over. And so I was really active. Um, my mom got me started on the driving range. And what's funny was I was not interested in golf. I was like, I don't know what, what this sport is. Uh, she was like, just hit a couple of balls. So I like whacked around and um, was, I guess I was pretty good for a beginner. And she's like, all right, well, I'm going to sign you up for some tournaments. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> So, um, well, and let me, sorry to interrupt, but talk to me about your mom. How long had she been playing? Mm -hmm. Do you know, do you have any, like, I'm, that's really fascinating to me because usually, and certainly not all the time, but usually it comes from maybe a like a father or something like that. So I'm really curious how your mom got into it and what type of golfer she was. So she's very competitive. She does not like to lose, whether (laughs) it's golf or anything, um, she used to be an athlete herself when she was younger, so she um, she did hurdles on the track and field, and um, so she wanted me to you know start out golf, and she was like, yeah, you're gonna play golf. <laughs> She's really funny, very outgoing. Um, everyone out here knows my mom. <laughs> okay. She's pretty famous for um, doing the birdie dance. She caddied for me out on um, Symmetra. So every time I birdied, she would do the birdie dance, and that's what she's known for is, um, oh, that's Annie's mom. And every time I'm out here, it's like, oh, where's your mom? I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I guess you've missed me too. But, yeah, I mean, my mom's great. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, she got me started, and she was pretty much my main supporter in golf. Um, and my second oldest sister was helped me financially at our toughest times. So I had a great, I'm very grateful for like having family that supports me. Um, and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my mom and my sister. How do you remember, you, you said at first you didn't really enjoy golf at all. Do you, was it, did something flip? Was it the mm-hmm. competition or was it just like, you know, kind of your mom being like, hey, you're, you're going to do this. Yeah. So you might as well, you know, get, get used to it. Yeah, I think um, I didn't realize how competitive I was until... I played my first golf event ever, and I finished third, and I was just not happy. <laughs> so I would say I'm pretty chill. Like, nothing really bothers me much. But when, when it was that first golf event and I saw, you know, girls winning, I was like, I want to win. Mm-hmm. So my mom um, helped me practice, like, lights out. Like, I hit thousands of golf balls um, when I was, like, nine and I ended up winning a couple events my second year. And I think that's when I realized, like, I really like competitive golf, and that's what drives me. Um, and that's probably what got me started officially was I wanted to play this professionally. Now, would you and your mom play matches at all back, at, back then? Uh, we did. Oh, I'm curious when <laughs> you first beat her. This, this is, that's where I'm going. Because knowing yeah. you, you saying how competitive she was, and, and obviously you were quite competitive. Right. Um, she would beat me until I was like 
nine, ten, <laughs> where she even like if we're just like out practicing and I'm she's just watching me and she's like, well, How do you miss that? And I'm like, Mom, it's golf. And I was like, Well, you try making this, and then she makes me like nothing to say. <laughs> so yeah, definitely got the competitiveness from her. And then uh I I read you moved, I, I think maybe shortly thereafter you went down to Florida. So uh, I moved down to Florida when I was about 10. I lived in Howie in the Hills, which is really funny. <laughs> but I lived there uh, for about two years. I was in uh, Mike Bender Academy. And then um, moved out to Lake Mary, and that's when I met Sean. Um, so I've been with him for... And a, Sean for... Sean Foley. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And I've been out, been with him since then, since I was 13. So about 11, 12 years. And then moved back to New York for high school. And um, I just pretty much knew that I wanted to play this seriously and, you know, wanted to go to college for sure. And so I went back to New York, stayed with family, um, went to high school, and then I got, luck luckily enough, got um, an offer to USC. So, yep, graduated USC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, take me back to, to high school real quick. Was there a high school team that you played on? I did. So they didn't have a girls team, and so I played for the boys. Um, and it was, that's another funny story was we had the boys county and I didn't want to play. I was just like, oh, I really don't want to play this. Like I want to, because we had the AGG Thunderbird right afterwards. And so it was a really tight turnaround and, um, ended up playing, grew up playing Beth Page, side note. So the, the, the county was at Beth Page. I was like, well, it's home for me. Like, I'll just play it. Uh, we played from the same tees, so I played from the back tees. And I would say that was probably one of the toughest golf I've ever played because blue, it was okay. Like, I, I played well, but the red is the second toughest course out on Beth Page right after, uh, right after black. And it was windy that day. I was playing from the back tees, which is about, like, 7,000. And I'm, I just remember playing hitting driver three wood like 50 yards into the green on a par four. And I'm like, what am I doing? And then crazy enough, I won. So. <laughs> I was going to say, you're, you're very much burying the lead here. I, so, I, I appreciate what you're doing, yeah. but not, not only did you win, uh, you also broke the event scoring record. I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I did it, to be honest, but I just remember it was the toughest golf I've probably played in a very... Actually, in my career too. <laughs> that's that's unbelievable. That's yeah. that's very cool. And then, obviously, that that is a springboard. You mentioned you received a scholarship offer and, and took the offer to go to Southern Cal. Mm -hmm. uh, you had a pretty decent first year out there, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's another crazy run. Um, so they asked me if I was interested in graduating high school early, and so I was like, you know what? Like, that's not a bad idea. So um, lucky, luckily enough, I finished a semester early because I was already done with most of my credits um, and went into, so my freshman year in college was 2013 January and not 2012 fall. So I went into college a semester early. Um, to be honest, I was really nervous just because I was really far from home. Um, I was playing for the team and, you know, juggling that with school, like I didn't know how I would do. And um, I won my first college event in, I believe, March or April. <laughs> um, and 
yeah, I ended up winning the Pac-12s, regionals, <laughs> nationals. But, you know, I, I had a great team. And if it, was, if it wasn't for that environment, just driving each other to be our best selves, I mean, I don't think I would have been where I, where I am today and where I was then. And, you know, winning as a team uh, the 2013 Nationals Championship, that's probably one of the best memories I have. Was the game, I, I got to imagine, like, did it just come very easily to you during that stretch? Or, or I mean, mm-hmm. can you look back and just be like, wow, everything just seems so simple? Or in yeah. the moment, where was it, you know, um, I, I'm just, I, I don't know. I, that's not a very good question, but I think what I'm getting at is, you know, you hear about people who are kind of in the zone. Yeah, and, for and sure. Things just slow down and it becomes easy. It seems mm-hmm. like almost you had not just one round of that. It seems like you had a whole almost year of that. Right. Uh, or, I or, mean, or maybe that's, you know, yeah, maybe I it was think, much tougher than that. Well, you know what? Actually, I think just going into college and trying to juggle school, golf, we had a crazy schedule throughout the day and just studying on the road. I think I was just maybe in like riding this high of like chaos <laughs> and then just winning that and then playing well to get into the U.S. Women's Open. I didn't realize how well I played. I think after the like 2013 fall, like after all of that, just going past me, I'm like, wow, like, I actually had a good season. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize it until I hit 2013 fall, and I was just riding that high of, like, just pl- trying to play my best, um, not letting the team down. So I didn't realize that I was playing well. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and just to reiterate, yeah, you won the Pac-12 championship and the NCAA individual championship by six strokes, and, and also, as you said, uh, your team, USC, won the team national championship, mm-hmm. um, which is, I, I'm curious, after all of that and it being your freshman year, was there much of a decision to return? Or, or did you give thought, I, only from mm-hmm. the standpoint of it seems like there's not much left to accomplish golf-wise right. at, at the collegiate level. Was, was mean, there any thought to turn pro? I've had some people try to convince me to turn pro, but I knew I wanted to graduate. Okay. Um, so... I was pretty much set on going back to college and just wanted to get my degree. And um, I've had some people come up to me like, why didn't you turn pro? Like, do you regret not turning pro then? I was like, nope, no regrets because um, I knew what decision I made and I knew I was 100% on it. And, you know, I, you know, throughout careers, you're going to have lows and highs. And I don't think it was a regrettable choice. Um, I had a great time in college, and I've learned the most um, about myself, about my golf game, about just everything. Um, so I, I think that I graduated college. I mean, I don't know what would life would be, what life would be like if I left college. And what did you study? Communications. Okay. Yeah. All right. It, it, did you immerse yourself? To like, uh, I'm thinking like the student life. Uh, I did. Football games and basketball games mm-hmm. and, and all well, that good stuff. So our football season, it's always super hot in L.A. So I only go for like the food and then come <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I had a great time. I was in a sorority briefly. And then um, I knew that because I turned pro 2015, but I was still going to college. 
And I knew that I couldn't juggle school, pro-life, on the road, sorority life. Like, it was just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I just, I I had a great time. I met so many great friends. I still, I have one of my best friends still in college um, that I met in college. And, you know, I've met a lot of great people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was it, the last question I'll ask kind of about after that freshman year, did you find golf-wise, was it a little bit harder to get motivated at all, your, your sophomore mm. and junior seasons, or did, did you notice anything change after after that freshman year? Um, I definitely think so. I mean, just, I'd say academic-wise, it was tough sophomore and junior year, just because now you're trying to figure out which, um, which major you want to go into, and, and just, I think that was a big learning period about who I am and who I want to be and that was and I still don't know who I am but I was just stressing all over about that and so just I wanted to you know max on max out on like college life and I didn't want to miss out on anything and so I think motivation wise maybe I lacked a little bit but I knew I still wanted to play my best golf every round Um, but juggling with golf and school life it was it was pretty tough yeah I would like to say for listeners, you're 24, I 24, think. Yeah. yeah, I'm 36. I still don't know who I am or <laughs> what I want to do it's an either. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, those, I, I get a little uh, skeptical of the people who do have it, you know, supposedly all figured out at a young age. Um, well, then you mentioned you turned pro in 2015, yep. I believe, and then it seems like that first year on the Symmetra tour was a lot like your. Freshman year of college, things kind of came easy to you? Yeah, so um, 2015 was another crazy year for me just because I went through a thyroidectomy. So it's about um, removing your thyroid glands. uh, We discovered that I had some thyroid nodules, well, some nodules around my uh, thyroid because I had one one of the four thyroid cancers, which was actually like the best out of the four, mm-hmm. but they just wanted to remove up, remove the thyroid. So I didn't have any more nodules or any more like the cancer substances um, returning back. So re- removing the thyroid, you ha- pretty much lack in hormones. And so I had to be on different kinds of meds to see what matched with my body and with my hormone levels. So that was kind of tough in the beginning. And then um, decided I wanted to turn pro. And so um, it was kind of tough physically just to like go through a surgery, um, going through medication. And then um, I was like, well, I came into Symmetra mid-year and won. <laughs> and then ended up winning two more. <laughs> and then luckily I got, um, I got my card. But I, that was also a tough year for me because I was also struggling with 20 credits in school. Because I wanted to graduate um, quicker. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of stressful academically because I was trying to figure out 20 credits and then figuring out all the schedule. So I was like, okay, Annie, like, let's just play one more good event and like, let's just take out the two events so you could go to school, yeah. get this out of the way. And so, um, yeah, it's just that's another crazy year. <laughs> Well, yeah, you, you won three times. You were named Rookie of the Year on the Symmetra Tour that year and also Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, earned full status for the LPGA for 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then talk to me, what, what was your mindset then going into your rookie year 
on the LPGA tour in, in 2016. Was it? Yeah. Uh, I, the only thing it was like, you know, you, you had such great success your first year in college. You had such great success, mm -hmm. you know, your first year on the Symmetra. Was there a hope that, you know, it, it would roll over to the LPGA as well? Right. Um, I'd say going to rookie year, and I would say, I mean, any rookie that's coming in, um, I felt a little insecure just because you're playing with one of the best golfers, women's golf golfers out on tour. And, you know, as a rookie, I'm like, am I good enough to be out here? Like, you know, I don't know if I'm good enough. Like, you're going to have all these questions in your thoughts. And um, I think I, I would say I didn't play my best out in the rookie. I feel like I could have played a lot better. But, you know, just going through all that, like, questions, doubts within myself, I realized that you're creating this scenario where, oh, it's a different environment out here, but really it's the same grass, <laughs> same grass, you're playing the same golf course, you're just hitting drives, irons, approach shots. Like it's, I realized later on that I created that by myself. And, you know, I guess, you know, when I see rookies, I just want to be like, you know, you're good enough to be out here. And I see that common, you know, like, new golf new rookies coming out like you know I don't know if I'm good enough out here I'm like dude you're good enough like I've been there I've had that thought and don't stop yourself was there anybody I I love you know I, I think that's awesome kind of you can now be in a, a mentoring role to rookies was there anybody your rookie year that that kind of said you know similar mm -hmm. things to that or, or took you under their wing at all um I'd say, like, I mean, there were a lot of veterans that were really cool and very nice and uh, very welcoming to be on tour. Like, Christina, Christina Kim was one of them. Um, but just, like, I guess people have seen LPGA players or even PGA players go through it. Um, like, even my, my college coach, uh, Justin, Justin Silverstein, he was like, you're good enough to be out there. Like, don't let them intimidate you. And, you know, I was grateful for him for telling me that. And then, you know, experiencing it, I knew exactly what he meant. <laughs> yeah. Did you follow uh, the professional game as, you know, growing up, like as a, you know, middle school, high schooler? I, yes. I, and, I'm, and my follow-up to be who were, you know, a player or two that you really looked up to, wanted to emulate, and uh, I, I'm, I, I just think... I can only imagine how surreal it is to then find yourself, you know, maybe hitting next to that person on the range right. or, you know, playing with them. What what was that like? I'd say um, my idol growing up was Annika Sorenstam. Okay. Uh, just because she, not only was she a great golfer on the go on the golf course, but great human being on um, off the golf course. She's given back to her community, and that's something that I looked up to. And um, just her demeanor on, on the golf course, she just gives off this vibe that, you know, she is a baller, <laughs> pretty much. And off the golf course, she's so nice. And so um, growing up, I watched her play a lot. And I think when it came out, out on tour, it was Sari's, I think last year. Okay. And just hitting golf balls right next to her, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's like <laughs> Sari Park. <laughs> um, you know, she's she was a pioneer for – you know, the Asian Asian golfers, male or female, she's changed the perspectives of women's uh, women's Korean golfers, and so um, yeah, that was 
pretty crazy just hitting golf balls right next to her and just trying to like have small talk with her. All right, folks, real quick, Randy here. Uh, we got some bills to pay, so I want to talk to you about Herbal Active. I mentioned them at the beginning of the show. I thank them for sponsoring today's Trap Draw, and I'm actually not going to tell you that much about them. I brought in a friend of mine to uh, to talk about his experience. Hello, the, Randy. The merch are. How are you, Neil? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. Glad you walked into the kill house while I was putting my six drops in my coffee. Is that your regimen? That is my regimen. And I've gotten, I kind of got off it on the holidays and I'm back on it this week. And after three or four days, start to notice a difference. Keeps me between the mayo and the mustard during the day. Don't get all jittery when I have my uh, coffee. Also got a new coffee maker for the Kill House, which has been crucial. Um, so that combination has been awesome. Every day. Yeah, every day. And the more consistent you are, the better it gets. Gotcha. So that's. Uh, something I've noticed. You want to um, you want to stay regular to uh, to be regular. Exactly, and I think the code is trap draw twenty. You got it at herbalactive.com. U r b a l a c t i v. We uh, thank them for their sponsorship. Neil, anything else? Uh, it's twenty percent off, and as always, thank you, Mister Jeezy. For sure. Now back to the show. What? So in twenty sixteen, I believe is that when you first started to experience some back issues and right. and was that was it a was it just a gradual injury that that just kept getting worse or was there a swing or was there a moment when something kind of went wrong so I flared it up right around Christmas time 2016 um, I was in New York and you know New York it's cold and this is one of the reasons why I don't try to play in the cold um, if I don't have to is because I played, I worked out, and the next day I played golf, and I just flared it up like that. Like, I couldn't move, I couldn't get out of the bed, and I'm like, I've never had this injury before, so I was freaking out. And that was the time where I was moving to Florida, and so with this back flare-up, I had to be in the car for 18 hours, and that just, like, made it worse. And, you know, it was just... From overtime, overuse, um, probably a little bit from my swing, maybe just not being strong enough. Um, there was really no definite answer of what caused it, but um, it was scary just because I thought I wasn't going to be able to golf anymore, but more so like not being able to move. Like it was really hard to like going from laying down to getting up, sitting down, getting back up. Like it was tough and definitely couldn't swing at all, couldn't putt, couldn't chip. Um, so when I was feeling better and doing all these rehabs, I got into it too soon and I flared it up again. So I had a total of about three flare-ups and I was able to play, um, my first event that year was Founders, which was in March. So it took about two to three months. And that was, I guess, the toughest time just mentally because, yeah, physically you can't move, but mentally you're just like, am I going to be able to golf again? Like, you're mm-hmm. having all these scares. So I had that flare-up, and because of that, I had to change my golf swing. And I think that was kind of tough because you're you're feeling better, but you don't know when it's going to flare up again. So I'm swinging with fear. Like, yeah. is it going to flare up in the swing? Like, So that year was kind of tough, um, just mentally, like, trying to get back into it, like changing your swing, and then... 
I flared it up again um, this, actually last year, May, but because I was able to recover and I knew what to do, I recovered in like a week, but flare-ups were scary for yeah. sure. I, I think what you said about, you know, back injuries, especially when it affects mobility, that's when it's, mm -hmm. you know, as someone who, probably not to the extent you have, but has had some lower back issues, it's just like, yeah, it... it yeah. It, it's all consuming because because it does uh, limit your mobility. Um, well, most of that, I, I think, obviously, 2017, because of the back injury, was was a tough year for you. Uh, and at the end of 2017, you'd finished outside the top 120 on the money list. And you actually, if I'm not mistaken, lost your full LPGA status. Is that, yeah. is that right? So I had a um, conditional status, and I think... What, so leading up to 2018, I honestly didn't know if I wanted to golf anymore. So 20, the end of 2017 was kind of like, I don't know if I want to golf anymore. Like, I don't know if I'm going to flare up my back again just with this injury. Like, I don't know when I'm going to be 100% again. And I think through all of that, like just struggling with my golf game that year, I said, like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And so... Um, I had friends, my sister, like, you know, why don't you just give it 120%, just give it one last year. And I was like, Because uh. what else? I, I read an interview that you did, and you said you were thinking about, you know, other professions and, mm -hmm. and things you could do. What? I, just out of curiosity, yeah. where, where did your mind go in that time? What were you? Maybe something into, like, maybe media or, um, you know, I've always wanted to be part of the UN, so maybe something part of the UN um, as a part-time job with some other thing. Like, I really yeah. didn't know what I wanted to do just yeah. because I've golfed my whole life. Right. And, like, you know, people say, like, oh, you should always have a plan B. Like, I never knew what, w what would be my plan B. I just wanted plan A to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I just thought of, a, thought of it a lot because I went to Q school, didn't play my best. I'm like, I'm done with golf. Like, I don't want to see golf anymore. And, um, yeah, that's when my second oldest sister, Bo, was like, look, I know you spent your whole, mo most of your life just grinding it out with golf. Like, just give it one last year so you have no regrets. Yeah. Um, just give it over 100%. Like, just know within yourself that you've done enough. And I was like, mm, I don't know, okay. <laughs> so then my, um, my friend was like, look, why don't you try out the long putter? So he made me a long putter, like, from his garage. <laughs> so he gave me a long putter. I was like, okay, well, now I don't know what my schedule's gonna be like because I have conditional status. Am I gonna be, be playing Symmetra or if I'm gonna get into LPG events? So I was like, okay, well, let's try out some Monday events, uh, Monday qualifiers in the beginning of the year. So I went to Bahamas, missed it by, like, two or three, and I was like, oh, this long putter is kind of working out. And played some Symmetra events, played well, um, top five, top ten. Then I did the Arizona Monday qualifier just, just outside, and I'm like, this is frustrating. <laughs> then I played L.A., and then with the L.A. event, so this was 2018, where my, my brake wasn't working, my rental car. So I lost, like, I almost got into an accident, missed the qualifier. I'm like, I am so done with life. Yeah. It was like everything that yeah, could go was wrong like, was, yeah. I was like, I can't do this anymore. 
<laughs> so I told my mom, I'm like, I'm not going to go to San Fran to do the Monday qualifier. I'm like, I'm just done. I'm going to come back home. And my friend that made me the long putter was like, yeah, just go to San Fran. You're already out there. Like, you're so close to making it. And I was like, oh, all right. So go up, go up north, um, play the qualifier, and I go into playoff to be in the final spot and uh, made a seven-footer for par and get in. And I'm like, okay, so this is my chance where I can regain my status. So I finished about top 20, um, got higher in my, my rankings, and then, yeah, won an LPG event that year. <laughs> Uh, which I believe was was the San Francisco event. Was that the Metaheel? Metaheel, yeah. Yeah, which I found a little bit ironic. With it's kind of a medical healing, with, <laughs> you know, with with your back injury and stuff. Uh, but yeah, so so that was April, and then when and then you won. And I won Shoprite. Okay, which was in June of of that year. So like yes. two months later. Yeah. Uh, did anything about the Shoprite that, which was your first LPG, mm-hmm. excuse me, which was your first LPGA win? Did any, anything feel different going into that week, or I just remember like 2018, I was in this survival mode just because I've lost my status. I know what it's like. I don't want to lose it again. It's my last year um, to decide if I want to play golf or not. And, you know, I had my whole family come out to New Jersey just because it's like about two hour drive. Um, So that was very special because they were able, they were there for my first win. So that's, it made it that that much more special to have your first win with your family and your friends to Mm -hmm. be out there. But I just remember at ShopRite, I'm like, I'm going to just give it all all my best. I was like, I think top 10 going to the third round, like, let's just keep pushing forward. And then I uh, went lights out the last day and made some bomb putts <laughs> and uh, won the event. <laughs> Which uh, you shot a 63 on Sunday to win by, I believe, a single shot. Yes. Were you, how, going into Sunday, were you in the second, third to last group? Because I, I, I believe you weren't in the final was, group, is that correct? Yes, I think I was second to last group. Okay. So, so you had a, did you have a decent idea, though, of what? Of what you needed? Okay. I mostly just wanted to finish my best, whether it was top three or top five, like just to like keep getting up in the rankings mm-hmm. so I don't lose my car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was there, were you nervous at all down the stretch? Um, or, or to what? be honest, I didn't know where I was. Okay, that's um. what I was going to ask, if you knew... You had, you know, if you yeah. knew, like, on the 18th that you had a putt to win or if you knew. I did not. Okay. <laughs> I think going into the last hole, I kind of got a gist of, like, where I was. But, like, going into it, I was just making putts, just wanted to keep making birdies. And then the last hole, I knew where I, where I was. And I was like, okay, let's just do par or better. And, like, it was a reachable par five. I hit driver, I believe, six iron crushed my drive and I was like the pin was on the left and I was like all the way on the right but I was still able to putt and I was like okay like just put it up close and I don't know why I rammed it by and I'm like (laughs) shoot (laughs) so I parred and that's how I won by one but I just wanted to beat my own 
personal record, to be yeah. honest, because uh, my lowest was eight under. And I just wanted to beat my own personal record. And I really wanted that birdie, but I didn't. Uh, but I just couldn't believe, like, I won. And this is how I found out that I won, was because after the round, I really had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so I went into the, uh, I think it was, like, volunteers or spectators' tent, used their bathroom. I was coming down, and there, my friends were, like, spraying water on me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I won. <laughs> So that's how I found out. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Uh, and, and like you said, to do it in front of your family, uh, mm -hmm. kind of back home, that's that's very special. Uh, wow. So I, you end 2018 then with a couple more top 10s and uh, actually I believe ranked 53rd uh, in, in the world. And you get your full status back for, for 2019. Do you, do you think looking back, had that playoff, uh, or, or even that whole round in San Francisco gone differently? Do you think, you know, you'd be sitting here now? Or I don't think so, to be honest. So if it wasn't for my friend and my mom to convince me to go to San Fran, I don't know what would have happened, to be honest. Like, every time I go to San Fran, it's just, it's kind of memorable for me just because that's where I pretty much got my status back a little bit. And I don't know. I think if it was just that one decision, just to go up to San Fran, play the event, make it through the qualifier, finish top 20, like, I don't know. I don't think I'd be here. Do you, do you feel freer at all? Do you feel like a weight's almost been lifted? I do. Um, but at the same time, I know when I hit the survival mode, I play, my, play some good golf. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my goal this year is to just play, try to play lights out, um, to kind of go into that survival mode again. I was going to, are, are you, I was going to ask, are you a goal oriented person? Do you set specific goals? Mm -hmm. So, uh, what's crazy was that 2017, my sister ordered me this like goal oriented calendar and she's like, this really helped me like just try it out. So I wrote down the beginning of, beginning of the year, what my goals were. And then I just didn't look at it. And at the end of the end of 2018, I look back and I accomplished most of my goals, which was pretty crazy. And so I never really like wrote goals out. And after that, I was like, I thought it was pretty cool. So I like write my goals every year, what my short term goals are, my long term goals, um, what to do for my short term and what to do for my long term. Um, so, yeah, I, I do do that. Uh I, I have to imagine maybe making the Solheim Cup was was a goal of yours, which yeah. you accomplished last year. Tell me about was was that experience kind of everything you thought it would be? It was it was insane. Um, it was one of the best experiences I've had. Um, not only just because you're get, you're getting to represent for USA, but just to be with you know friends that you've played golf since junior golf days and just having a team environment is just so much more fun um and it's it's intense you know you're playing against europe but i think leading up to solheim i've put on so much pressure onto myself just because i'm so close to getting in and i've had a good week in la that kind of boosted me up um flared up my back in my in may and so that kind of changed up my whole schedule um, for like what tournaments I wanted to play. So I ended up playing like about five or six events straight because um, I needed to get some points. And 
played in the Scottish Open, and I'd say played in some intense weather. Yeah. <laughs> like I was in that bad draw where I think only like out of the 70 girls that made it, like only 10 from my from my draw made it, and most of the girls were in the other wave. So we played in some intense weather in Scotland, and I think what what made it was the Canadian Open where I had a really good round the first first day, and I think I got into the Solheim by like 0. 0.2 points. Like it was really close. Um, so it was it was a grind leading up to the Solheim because you want to get those points, you want to play well, so you have all this pressure. And I think that was kind of a preparation for me to, you know, for the Solheim week where it's going to be an intense week. Um, every shot counts. And, but, you know, despite the results, like, I think there were some really good golf from both sides and it showcased really good women's golf. And, you know, playing at, a, at one of the highest platforms in women's golf, it was the best opportunity to, you know, showcase that we can play. So it was a lot of fun. I have to, before I get you out of here, I, I have to ask you about uh, the ANA last year mm -hmm. and uh, whether you leave your clubs in, in the backseat of your car yeah. anymore. Can, can you tell yeah. people that story? I <laughs> so, yeah, my luck with rental cars are not that great. <laughs> so um, this was at ANA and... You know, I, I was in San Diego, like Arizona. I, I had more clubs. It wasn't just like one set. I had a couple of other sets. And so, you know, I just didn't want to bring all of those clubs into the room. And I thought, like, it was pretty safe. So I just left the clubs in the car. And I wake up the next morning and I get, like, a phone call. And they're like, oh, um, you know, I think your car is broken into and I'm like what do you mean like oh they were like oh yeah we have one of your travel cases at the, on the front desk and I'm like what yeah. I'm like I think you got the wrong like wrong person so I went out go see my car and it's broken into and I'm like oh my goodness like is my clubs there and everything's missing just my clubs my shoes my sweater like everything but they left my travel case so I'm like oh my goodness so luckily and this was Thursday morning, this if I'm not... This was Thursday morning. And which luckily, you have a tea time. Yeah, I was in the afternoon tea time. So if this happened in the morning, like, I would... I don't know what I would have done. So um, I was like, okay, this is not the time to be emotional. Like, I need to figure <laughs> out what to do. <laughs> so I call my agent. I call my caddy. They come over. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to use one of your clubs. So I used uh, my caddy's uh, full set. Um... I got a Callaway driver, I went into the pro shop, got a long putter. It was the only long putter that they had, which was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like two or three under like on the front nine and then just like kind of blew it on the back. But yeah, yeah it was a crazy week. <laughs> I, gosh, I, oh, I can only imagine how much your kind of stomach dropped seeing that, yeah. you know. So, I mean, it was weird because I went through that. Then uh, right before Christmas... Um, last year, I got into a car accident, so my car's in the shop. So yeah, 2019 cars, yeah, not me. <laughs> okay, well, we'll hope for better luck this year. Uh, so you mentioned you're a foodie. I'm curious, what's yes. your what's your favorite type of food? Everything. Everything. Okay. <laughs> a huge dessert person. Okay. Trying to cut down on the sweets, but um, love ice cream, love cakes. 
Love everything about dessert. Um, I pretty much like know every restaurant in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your, what's the best stop on tour, food wise? Best stop on tour. Portland is really good. LA, hands down. San Diego has some really cool places to eat. Um, Korea, really good um, Korean food. Pretty much everywhere you could find like a really good restaurant. Um, but I love tacos. Um, I could eat that like probably every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then last one, what's your favorite tour stop in terms of the golf? Is there a course golf. or a city that you look forward to more than others? I definitely love Evian. Um, just because Evian, um, has really good, really good views, really pretty views. Um, you could take a ferry to Switzerland and you could have a really good, um, Really good meals out there, good dessert. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm picking up a, a trend here. But yeah. <laughs> it's really pretty out there, and I love the golf course. It's hard, um, but it's kind of like a risk-reward out there, and that's what, what that's where I kind of like to play golf. Um, I love playing in Europe. Um, you know, growing up on Long Island, I was lucky enough to play, you know, Bethpage, Sabonic. I love the bridge. Um, so I kind of like this, like linksy golf courses, and mm -hmm. I think that's why I enjoy Scotland a lot. Um, but yeah, I love anywhere in Europe. Was it disappointing? I, I have to imagine making the Solheim Cup, mm -hmm. it being in Scotland, yeah, and then not getting to play a links course. <laughs> <laughs> I got hit like it just turning on coverage. I was like, wait a second, are they really in Scotland? Yeah, <laughs> I think the hardest part of that week was wind and rain. Well, yeah. I would say the weather, and um, it was a lot of fun. The crowds were dedicated. Like, they were out there thick and thin. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was. I, I had a great time. Well, awesome. Well, Annie, thank you so much for your time. Um, I know, you know, obviously big big week ahead of you and, and hopefully a big year in front of you as well. So okay. uh, best of luck in 2020. And thank you. hopefully see you again soon. I yeah. we can get on a little uh, routine here. Yeah, for sure. All right. <laughs> Thanks for having yeah. me.